Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hey, Freedom Challenge sisters and listeners. We are back with another episode of the Freedom Challenge Online. I'm asking myself, how in the world is it October? I love the fall, but I live in California. So I have to tell you, every time fall hits, every time October hits, I bring out my boots and my flannels and my scarves and I try to summon the fall and it never works. I just end up sweaty. So, hey. I'll keep pretending like I know it's fall, but those of you listening from other parts of the world, love it. It is October. And for this month, we're going to be focusing on a topic I'm pretty excited about. It is freedom through navigating dynamic life change. And, you know, we've been through a lot of life change. And those of you who have experienced that even outside of this COVID pandemic, you know how much tension and at times strain it brings to your life. But it also is one of those things as a Christ follower that dives you deep into the well and the surrender and to the wisdom of the Bible and into Jesus. So we welcome that. We, like I said, you know, most of us have experienced a considerable amount of life change. Some of us, it's leveling off a little bit more, or maybe we're just getting used to a new normal. But nevertheless, it really does help to talk about it and to learn from other Freedom Sisters, maybe how they've navigated dynamic life change. So I'm really excited to invite a few very special women onto the podcast this month. One is an extraordinary woman. Her name is T.T. Purdue. She is the most recent team member to the Freedom Challenge, and she is the Freedom Challenge Administrative Assistant. And I got to say to you, she is a gift. Not only is she fabulously beautiful and athletic and fun, but she's also a very anchored and smart woman with a tremendous leadership gift. And we are all blessed to have her as a part of this team. She's brought a lot of, well, let me say, she's whipped us into shape. And yes, I will say she's whipped me into shape in a good way. Um, I say that with all the greatest in my heart. She is a blessing to all of us. So with that, I'd like to say something notable about her character and her personhood. She's navigated a lot of change and um, even challenge this last year. She's been with us for one year. And watching her do that has been both inspiring and impactful to all of us on the Freedom Challenge team. And I'm certain for those that know her. So without further ado, Titi, welcome. Thanks for coming today. And I'd love for you to introduce yourself, maybe share a little bit about your passions, what you're all about, and a little snapshot into you. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm so excited to get to join Tracy on this podcast this month. Um, And when you asked me um, to come on and share about 
the way that I've navigated change, I was like, oh, yes, I could do that because I'm very familiar with change. Um, I grew up a little bit about me. I grew up in Seattle, Washington. I was actually born in Zimbabwe um, and moved to Seattle with my family when I was four years old. And then from there in 2015, I transitioned by myself to Atlanta, Georgia. And then in 2020, January 2020, I transitioned to Hawaii for three months. And then in November of 2020, I transitioned here to South Carolina. And so I will talk a little bit more about all of those transitions a little bit later as we um, go through the conversation. But a lot of different changes have happened in my life. I love my family. I love dancing. I love cooking. Um, those are some of the things I enjoy doing. I love reading. I recently got married in November. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There's just so much uh, different dynamics. I grew up dancing with my family, actually. I grew up doing some African dance. So that's a huge part of my story and a huge part of my life. I love it, TT. And for those listening, um, when we had our team retreat, we asked TT to kind of teach us some of her dance. And I'm sure she was probably laughing at most of us, but she <laughs> is a great dancer. But we did our best and we sure had a lot of fun. And, um, you know, you you bring so much joy and life to our team and to the world. And yes, that is a whirlwind of change, my friend. Yes. Not just, um, I mean, it, one of those things would be a lot, right? Moving mm -hmm. geographically, but uh, so many of them stacked on top, not to mention just what was happening in the world. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of non-normative change. Can you walk us through just a little bit of what that looks like and has looked like for you? Just kind of the emotions of it, the process of it, um, maybe some of even the you know, letting go of certain expectations or mm -hmm. surrendering, you know, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So in 2015, um, long story short, the Lord asked me to move to Smyrna, Georgia, specifically to help be a part of a church plant to start a youth ministry. So that was the first like really big change by myself. I was 24 years old. I knew that I knew that I knew the Lord was asking me um, to make this transition Wrestled a little bit with the yes, because I mean, Seattle was all I knew. My family was there, but ultimately my, my yes belongs to Jesus. Like that is fully what mm. I believe with my whole heart. And so I gave him my yes and fully trusted that he would take care of, take care of me. And he did. And then in 2019, um, I was at a youth conference with some of my students. I was a youth pastor for a few years and had stepped down, um, in about 2017 but still was like very involved with the youth ministry at the church and served and hung out with the students. And so we were at a conference and it was during worship and the Lord was like, I want you to go do YWAM. And if you don't know what YWAM is, it's youth with a mission. So at this point mm. I'm like 28, 29, 29, almost 29. And I was like, are you crazy? Like I put my hands down. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I'm going to go do youth with a mission. From what I knew about it, it was a bunch of 18 year olds. And I just was like, <laughs> I don't want to go be a part of this. No offense to YWAM. Love YWAM now because once again, the Lord got my yes. Um, a mm. lot of wrestling in that even almost 
stepped away from the church, honestly, um, not from Jesus, because I could never deny Jesus. Like, mm. I know Jesus. I've encountered Jesus, could never deny Jesus, but was just so angry that he was asking me to do this in this time in my life. Um, but I went and quit my job in January of 2020 and moved to Kona, Hawaii, um, where I mm. did a yeah, t- talk about suffering like, for like, Jesus. I was yeah, just about suffering. to say, people always say suffering for the gospel. <laughs> talk about um, support raising and explaining that you're moving to Hawaii, right? Oh, goodness. <laughs> but yeah, so that was like a really big transition for me where there was like a gap, right? For five years between 2015 and 2020, the Lord hadn't, or 2019, the Lord really hadn't asked for anything too crazy, but I knew my life, I knew my life has been marked by radical obedience. And so mm-hmm. with radical obedience comes radical asks, right? From the Lord. And so I, being aware of that, I wasn't surprised at the things that the Lord has asked of me. Um, but then obviously mm-hmm. we know COVID happened in 2020 and March, I had to come home and couldn't go overseas to the country that I was supposed to go serve at because of COVID and borders closing down. And honestly, my heart broke because I was like, okay, Jesus, like you knew this was you, you knew, right? Like God is all knowing, like he knows. And so, and you still asked me to come, I quit my job, gave up my apartment. I have nothing to go to. First of all, I don't even know where I'm going. Am I going to Atlanta? back to Atlanta wow. or am I going home to Seattle, which is home, right? Like I was in limbo. I felt like a an orphan almost in like what was mm. home. And the Lord was very clear that he wanted me to go back to Georgia. So I lived with a friend um, and stayed in her guest bedroom and just prayed and asked the Lord, like, I don't know what you have for me in this season. And I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like I can go back to my previous job, um, but you've been very clear that I'm not supposed to do that. It was like almost everything that I could have done to create some form of stability for myself. The Lord was like, no. And for me, that was really challenging because I'm a person who thrives in stability. I love structure. I love lists. I love knowing what is coming. And the Lord knows that because he's made me that way. So I'm like, what is happening? Right. Um, But so many good things came out of that space, right? So I met my husband, Michael, my now husband. Wait, I want to pause you first, though, Titi, because I want to reflect on something before we get to that good part. But, you know, just knowing you and how you function and the fact that structure and kind of this, um, you know, safe, predictable pathway is just, that's a good situation for you. And reflecting on you letting go of a career, Mm -hmm. that was, that was a good career for you at that time. Yeah. Your home, I'm thinking of that scripture where it's talking about those in this life who give up lands and family and houses in this life, you know, and that just exchange for the return in um, the time to come. You know, I'm just, kind of hearing that echoed even in your journey, but something I'm thinking about and I would love to hear your thoughts on is, you know, it took you all this time to kind of get to that surrendered place, fighting it out and then getting there. And I, and it sounds like from what I hear, you were actually enjoying it and going, this is where I should be just even for a few months. And then this whole world event happens and everything changes. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, just sitting on the front seat of this process and considering, you know, like, it's almost like you had these mixed messages from God, right? Like, how did you reconcile that? Like the whole going and then having to come right back. Yeah. Because the story is going to get good. (laughs) But I'm saying in those moments, like that's real stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think one community, like I had the best community, still have the best community surrounding me. My pastors in Atlanta, they happened to be in Kona the week that we got the news that we were getting mm. sent home. So I thankfully like had that gift from the Lord. Like it was honestly a gift from the Lord that they were there and they took me mm. to dinner and we just kind of talked and processed because they had to like almost not rebuke me, but <laughs> my pastor, Emily, she had to sit me down and tell me when I was saying I wasn't going to go that I was being disobedient. <laughs> and so, mm. which I was 100% and I welcomed the correction. Right. Mm. Um, but I think for me, how I got through that transition is just having peace from the Lord and knowing that, okay, God, you have provided and taken care of me anytime I have said yes to what you have asked. You are Mm. not going to leave me hanging now. Even in the midst of a little bit of like doubt with a lot of faith, you know, like you're just like a little bit like, are you going to meet me? You're going to meet me. Are you going to meet me? You're going to meet me. And so that's just kind of how I had to take a step. I had to move. I couldn't stand still. I knew I had to do what the Lord was asking me to do. And at the time it was go back to Atlanta. And it was scary because a part of me was like, am I a failure? Like I am 29 years old. I don't have a job. I'm going to be living with someone in their home, in their like spare bedroom. And I don't know what's next. And even like for my family, it was hard to under my family's like, come home, right? Like come home. We'll take Mm -hmm. care. Like you'll be fine at home. Why go back when you don't know what there is? And I'm like, because God has asked me to. And so for me, it was always about the obedience, even if there was fear in the obedience, because I fully believe like for I think of like Peter, right, stepping out of the boat. God met him in the water, like Jesus met him Mm. in the water. And so for me, like that story has been a story I've carried since the Lord asked me to move to Atlanta, when the Lord asked me to move to Hawaii. And I'll talk about all the other transitions after that. But in every transition, that story has been it for me. Because even when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, Jesus Mm. still caught him. And so for me, it was just a matter of knowing that no matter what I do, I'm safe in the Father's hands. I'm thinking about this quote by Charles Spurgeon. And it talks about when you can't trace his hand, like where he's pointing, then you trust his heart. Mm. And it feels like there's so many things in life oftentimes where we thought we understood the big picture of what God was asking. And we kind of form these expectations of what's going to happen or what's what's what this means. We bring these interpretations. Yeah. And you really had to wrestle with and reconcile trusting God's heart when it seemed like he was pointing you to do something that didn't necessarily make sense mm-hmm. and it cost you something. Yeah. I mean, oh, I grieved, grieved a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. I bet. I mean, the story continues on, but I just wanted to just highlight that place where so many of us find ourselves often. I heard you, God. I followed you, God. What is happening here? Yeah. And then it's so important for us to not make those snap judgments or interpretations on the heart of God when we're in the middle of that story, still undone. Yeah. So 
the story gets better. So <laughs> continue on. Um, you know, I would, I would like to hear more. What happened then? <laughs> yes. So I, while I was at YOM, there was a, a friend who I had like work duty with. Her name is Destiny. She's awesome. Amazing. Love her so much. Um, and she just would hear my, me going on these like rants about my passions and my heart for the church and the kingdom and the way that I believe, um, God has called the church to look in diversity and looking mm. multi-ethnic and multicultural. And so she one day just looked at me in the van and was like, I know who you need to marry. And I was <laughs> like, no, mind you, this is while I'm still at YOM. So this is in the period of like January to March 2020 still before I go home back to Atlanta. So then fast forward to us going home, she reached out and was like, hey, that person I told you about, would you want to be friends with them? Long story short, him and I end up um, connecting, become friends. I was not in a place that I wanted to date, right? Like I'm going through all this transition. I'm like, I'm wrestling with Jesus every day. I'm trying to figure out what is next in my life with the Lord. I'm like, I don't have a job. I don't have a home. Like no dating for me. I need some form of stability and dating is not going to create that. And so very open about a friendship, um, a lot more wrestling with the Lord about him because my heart and my mind started battling each other. And so mm. he's an incredible human being, incredible man. I see all of these like great characteristics in him and just who he is, the way he carries himself. He loves the Lord. Like knows knows the word of God and like our hearts are in alignment for like what we mm. want for the kingdom. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, like what is going on? Um, fast forward to June of 2020. Mm. I surrender um to the Lord. The Lord is very clear about what he wanted me to do in this situation and what made me a lot of promises. Not a lot of promise, maybe one promise. Because for me, my heart was like, I'm going back to the mission field once COVID is over and mm -hmm. I'm gonna go hard for the Lord and no man is gonna stand in my way. Like <laughs> that, was, that was the posture I had. And the Lord had to do a lot of work with me and my heart of like, are those your plans or are those my plans? Um mm. And I think a part of me was just still holding on to like, you've called me to missions. I know you're going to finish what you started, right? And what it looks like yeah. is completing the mission of missions. And the Lord was like, pause, let's discuss this. And so long story short, we end up dating um, in June of 2020 and we get engaged on October 29th, 2020, which was my 30th birthday. Um, wow. and got married on December 5th, 2020. And in that period of time, so he is a worship leader at a church in South Carolina. I am now st still in Atlanta, Georgia, Smyrna, Georgia, um, living with my friends still, or living with my pastors at this time. Actually, I had moved in with my pastors, um, because when I moved in with my friend, that was short term and I needed something long term. And so my pastors were like, you can come live with us. For as long as you need to. So I did that. So I'm living there. He's living here in South Carolina and we're having conversations and I'm like, I'm not moving to middle of nowhere, South Carolina. That's not going to happen. No disrespect, South Carolina. Love it now. But at the time, <laughs> did not know much about it. And um, so after we get engaged, I moved to South Carolina um, mm. the weekend after. And so it's just so much like, I mean, I feel like 2020 is like a blur. I'm like, 
Hawaii, Georgia, South Carolina, engagement, 30, living with two different people, like a ton of different things. Um, But yeah, so that's, I'm now here in Clemson, South Carolina, and I love it and it has grown on me, but now I'm navigating the transition of marriage, right? So it's just transition after transition after transition. Uh, I, I just so enjoy listening to, you know, just all those places that God's like, I have something that's greater that you have not envisioned yet. So yeah. if you trust me and you know that you trust my heart, even though yeah. it looks different than what you thought, you're going to like the outcome. Oh, so and often different. Go ahead. That's pretty much the promise that the Lord like made me, right? Mm. Of like, I know your heart. Like, I need you to trust me. I have better for you. You think missions is going to be the best? Oh, no, 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 sweetheart. I have better for you. You know, like that was the promise mm. to my heart. And that was all I needed. Yes. Yeah, and also just the fact that Michael has such a shared passion for the things that you care deeply about, about, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ reflecting what God intended it to be. And in this Mm -hmm. time in the world, the two of you together, focusing on that, praying through that, being in partnership with the Holy Spirit on the things that really reside deeply within your heart. Yeah. And I think that's pretty fabulous. But you know, you get married and wait, first, before I move on to the next question, I want to say, I saw the pictures from your wedding and <laughs> oh my goodness, the, I mean, just regal, beautiful and the whole imagery, I think you even used the word, it felt holy to you. Yeah. And I think about weddings these days, it's not often that we would use the term holy. I just like speak a little bit into that aspect of why you chose that word and how you experienced that yeah. at your wedding. So you're speaking. So we got married and we legally got married December 5th, 2020, small ceremony on a friend's porch, just a handful of people. You're referencing the March 12th, 2021 wedding mm-hmm. ceremony and reception we had where I got to wear my dress and get married in front of everyone, like all of our friends Mm. and family. Um, That day just felt, I mean, both days, incredible, right? Like the Lord showed up, did his thing. Um, March 12th just felt so, oh gosh, the Lord's presence was just so heavy in the room. We had worship and there was like, I didn't see it, but there was a moment where there was like a feather that apparently like flew around Michael and I, and only a handful of people saw it, but apparently I should have seen it because it was like right in my face. And I just feel like that was like a kiss from God. Um, Mm. The word that was spoken over us by um, our pastor was very, very, very amazing. And it was also just a moment for both of our families to see, yes, these two moved very fast, but they did what the Lord wanted. Like, the word that was spoken over us was so um, precise and so directed. Just it was a, it was literally the words of God spoken through our pastor directly over us. Um, and that day was just so beautiful. Like it was a mingling of families. It was laughter and so much joy. The presence of the Lord was so heavy in the room. It was I could I remember we were driving to Charleston for our, like weekend getaway after that's uh, our ceremony and reception. 
and I cried in the car and it was like tears of joy of just in awe of what the Lord did on that day. So yeah, it was, it was an, an amazing day. It's not often that we get to experience in life that kind of tears of joy. We often feel like emotions like disappointment or what was that about? Or this is hard. But like when you actually have that release of joy tears, ah, nothing better. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I, and hopefully we can get one of those beautiful wedding pictures um, on our social media with this podcast so people can see how beautiful yes. you looked. So one of the things I remember shortly after you got married, we have, um, for those of you listening, we have a team chapel that our beautiful Ruth uh, Willett does for our Freedom Challenge team. And in one of those meetings, I I recall you talking about feeling like there was a silence, not intentional, from the church or mentors about the after you say I do. Yeah. And just needing, and you know, you had this yearning um, and maybe even a felt need to say, wow, uh, we need more information about, you know, there's all this up to and dreaming, but then after like, what does that look like? And how do we find, you know, keep ourselves, but, you know, merge into this oneness? So I I really liked how you um, sought after finding resources and kind of meeting those own needs that you were experiencing yeah. after the I do. Yeah. So share a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think for, uh, for me specifically, I'll speak for myself. Um, I have had a lot of mentors and I'm a big advocate for accountability and having leaders speak into your life and involved in your life. So I have pretty much always had that. Um, And I remember after we got married, well, before we got married, I will say some of my mentors did tell the truth (laughs) about marriage. Yes. But I will say- You weren't listening? (laughs) (laughs) It was like one of those, like you're listening, but you're like- I don't think it's like really going to be like that. You know, you you know better until you realize you really didn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, I just felt like the church needed to like share some of the things that we were learning and some of the things that some of my mentors had shared. I'm like, okay, great. Because I'm in one-on-one discipleship. I am hearing this now, but what about like the 23, 24, 25 or 40 and 50 year olds that are getting married for the first time and have not heard sanctification in marriage being taught from a pulpit. Mm. Have not heard sanctification in marriage being taught from a pulpit or have just not, you know, like there's just so much that you learn when you're in a marriage and when you learn when you're in one-on-one discipleship. But I just think there's so much that we could learn from the pulpit as well in regards to marriage. Now, I will say there are some churches out there that do do series on it. And but I just I don't think I had like had those tools fully. Um, And you just hear the first year of marriage is so great and it's so awesome. And then you get married and people are like, oh, yeah, the first year is like the hardest. It's like you're constantly dying to yourself. But I'm like, where was this before? You know, (laughs) but yeah. It's beautiful. It really is the greatest sanctification tool that the Lord uses. Mm. Um, It's a beautiful. So true. So true, Titi. I mean, that's a really good word for you to say, sanctification. I would say I just celebrated 29 years with my husband this Uh last weekend. And I would say he has discipled me more than any other person 
just yeah. by doing life on life. And, you know, like falling in line kind of with that, you know, two big weather systems. So I can say, I know my husband and I are both leaders. And I have a feeling, because I know you are a leader, you have a wonderful, um, strong uh, personality, which is a good mm-hmm. thing. And I, I think your husband does too. Yeah. So, so like bringing those two like weather systems together to collide into one yeah. and operate in oneness, like that's kind of violent almost mm-hmm. not really violent, but I mean, just kind of like to the, to the whole person, like, Whoa, what's happening to me? Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, we are still newlyweds. We're not at a year yet. And we are just definitely learning. I will say I'm so thankful for the leaders we have in our lives and the pastors that we have in our lives because they definitely help us see a broader perspective. Um, mm. I'm just, you just learn how much you are not like Jesus <laughs> and how much more you want to be like Jesus. So you're like, okay, Lord, like, I don't like the way I responded yesterday and I want to be more like you. So teach me or, mm. okay, Lord, I want to serve my spouse. So te- like the picture of Christ and the church is so magnified in marriage mm. and you just have a deeper understanding and appreciation of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And you just have a deeper understanding and appreciation for people's marriages and human beings. And mm-hmm. it is a beautiful, it's like a dance. It's a beautiful dance where you're stepping on each other's toes every once in a while, you know? Yes. That's a great illustration. <laughs> it is. And, and like learning, um, and, and that, that becomes more and more minimal as you learn each other and you kind of learn the dance and, yeah. you know, the Holy Spirit is with you in it. But at first, I think I, I really appreciate you bringing into the light that it's very possible just as we have expectations of what God meant and where he, you know, pointed us to go. Mm-hmm. It's very possible that we have expectations that are built up about how marriage is going to be. And all of these romanticized, you know, visions of, you know, um, whatever is in our heads. And then when we face some of those realities of the two becoming one, it it requires something of us. Again, it requires something of us. Yeah. And so I remember a conversation we had not maybe a few months ago, and it was just talking about, you know, how do we do this? picture of marriage, of change, of adapting when it's like you're your own TT self, daughter of the king, your own ministry call, you know, you um, connected to God and then Michael, but then there's a separate entity that you're making and that's us. So you've got you, you've got Michael and you've got this new us, this new marriage of oneness. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm wanting to hear how that process is going and, um, you know, there's a lot of ebbing and flowing and giving and taking and, um, but yet not losing yourself in that. You hear a lot of women talking about that. I feel like I'm losing myself. Mm -hmm. So what, how has that been for you? Yeah, that honestly has been probably one of the hardest things for myself. Um, I mean, if you listen to like the story I shared of like what the Lord, what I've done with the Lord and what me and the Lord have done together, it's just, so much independence in that and so much of like dominance. Like I knew who I was or so I thought. 
And marriage has definitely shown me that some of my identity has also been wrapped up in some of the wrong things, right? Like, because my relationship with the Lord was like, okay, you're asking this, I'm going to do it. You're asking this, I'm going to do it. A part of me began to get attached to like, all right, Lord, what's next? What are you going to ask me to do now? And then now it's like, I'm married and he's like, nothing, be a wife, like be Mm. a wife, which is a beautiful, like not when I say be a wife, some people can be like, oh, that's all you No, That's a beautiful calling from Mm. the Lord. And it's a gift. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I fully understood, understood that because I, in the beginning of my marriage was like, wait, that's it. Like, you're not going to ask me to preach. You're not going to ask me to teach. You're not going to ask me to lead a small group. Like you're not going to ask me to do anything. And the Lord's like, I am asking you to do something, rest and sit. And Mm. I feel like I went through like a bit of an identity crisis of like, Mm. I feel almost worthless because you're asking me to do nothing. And then on top of that, I am now in this new city at a new church. (laughs) that my husband works at. So he is like a worship pastor and is getting to like be a part of like all of these things and is needed and wanted. And I'm feeling not needed, not seen, not wanted. And it's now looking back, I'm like, the Lord definitely had me hidden and it was the best thing for me. Um, Mm. But I didn't realize that being hidden would cause me so much pain. And he really had to break a lot of that off of me. And the only way that that was going to break was to remain hidden. And he made sure I remained hidden (laughs) Um, Mm. in the most beautiful way. Right. Like people, people can see like, oh, you, you have these, like people could see my strength and would speak life into my strengths. I wasn't like not being spoken life into, but it was just this, like, nobody knew me and nobody knew me Mm -hmm. for what I could do. And that was very, very different for me Um, and very, very hard. And I'm just now starting to come out of that space. Like I applied for a job at a church and the Lord literally told me to to pull the application. Like it was to that level Mm. of like, no, we're not doing this, you know? And I'm like, all right, Mm. you know? Um, Yeah, it was, I'm coming out of it now, but it has been a very, very, very tough season of surrender in that way. I'm thinking, Titi, as you're speaking about how often we can put the mission of God in the center and not realize that the mission has become somewhat of an idol instead of God himself. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think I see this that happens many times for those of us who are like on the front lines of church work, of, of, you know, equipping people and leading and these kinds of things that it's a subtlety. It's, it's, it's really making the mission an idol. And Mm -hmm. so how sweet of God, anytime we start attaching to things that are not him, that he uses the circumstances in our life when we yield to unattached so that we're attached to him and only him. Yeah. And it sounds like that's been a journey for you and um, a little bit of a painful one. And, you know, I I think most of us who have been in God for a season have been hidden in God many times. Yeah. You know, he, he brings us in to, to, to pull us back out like a wave, right? Like we're pulled in and then back out. I have respected and enjoyed your transparency in the journey. And again, for those that are listening that kind of have all this pent up in your own mind, some of these frustrations that you're tempted to interpret 
as God not being true or God not being faithful or, you know, his face turning against you. We humans can enter into some of that when we're in times of change because we're feeling the tension. But I think your words um, spoken even today and in your own journey points us back to what is God doing in us, not withholding, but shaping us to his image. Yes. Beautiful stuff. So there's another yes and change that happened along this entirely huge journey. Is that your transition with the Freedom Challenge? And for us, you were um, uh, a prayed for and longed for team member that our team had spent quite a bit of time asking God for who he would have to be with us as we join with him and his mission through the Freedom Challenge. And for those of you who don't know, we like to wrap up the Freedom Challenge with do good. So this idea of biblical justice and do more than you ever thought physically possible. So it's this women overcoming the hindrances in their own bodies and their own souls and walking in greater freedom and then doing it together. And all of that wrapped together for the cause of women and children in the world modern-day slavery, oppressed, marginalized uh, women and children, you know, all over this planet. So we prayed passionately that God would bring us someone in this particular role that would have a thread of that heart and would join us in that mission. And so that person was you, and it's been almost a year. Yeah. And so, again, that was another change. Location, location, husband, new church, new job, um, being hidden in Christ, COVID, and now the Freedom Challenge. (laughs) So I'd like to hear more about that. Yes. So I actually heard about the Freedom Challenge when I came back from YWAM. I hung out with our wonderful, lovely Carice. Um, yes. And we were just having coffee at her house and she was telling me about what she does, who she works for and telling me a little bit about it. Um, I personally had not been super involved in the human trafficking realm. Um, I did not know much about it. So when she was telling me and giving me like all this information and educating me, I was like, wow, that is that sounds amazing. Like the work that you guys are doing sounds incredible. She was telling me about Moldova and just like all these different, different ministries that we have and things that, well, that you guys had at the time I wasn't a part of OM yet. But, Mm. um, and so then when a position came up, she reached out to me because I was like, I want to, I mentioned going on a trip sometime. Like I wanted to get involved some way somehow. And then in November, a position opened up and she reached out to me and I was like, well, let me pray about it. Let me see what the Lord is saying. Um, and it was just very evident that the Lord wanted me to apply for it. So I went through the interview process and applied and wrestled a little bit through the interview process. Cause I was like, is this the right fit? Like I just, it was so foreign to me and I was so mm-hmm. nervous about what I didn't know. Right. Like this is a big mission. I wanted to make sure that, um, I knew, and I was the right person, the right fit for the mission that freedom challenge was going for going towards and mm-hmm. um ultimately the lord said yes and it has been so much fun so challenging it's been everything mm-hmm. right like i'm stretched in every way possible that i love like creating structure and organization and meetings and we get to like laugh together we have amazing teammates and 
Um, I think at first, though, coming in in January, mm. everything was super overwhelming because you guys had already planned the yeah. 2021 year. So I'm coming in into meetings and there's like language, like major and minor challenges and <laughs> cloud and like all these things that I'm like, I am in this meeting. I'm supposed to be learning how to lead this meeting and I don't understand what is happening. Um, and as I began to like get a grip, get a grasp on who Freedom Challenge is, what we are, what we do, what we stand for, what these challenges do and the impact that they have. I started to like fall in love more with the mission. The more I understood the mission, the more I understood our hearts and just, mm-hmm. I mean, I get to communicate with ambassadors. There's just so much to it and so much juice to the freedom challenge that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love that it challenges me in my day to day of like certain things that I normally wouldn't naturally process the way that I'm, I'm, I'm needed to process them. Um, mm-hmm. And so much growth with the Lord has happened here with the team for me and just seeing how everyone operates. It's been a joy and stretching. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say even just stretching in the fact that many of us have experienced what it's like to work as a team from home. Yes. You know, like that's a whole world non-normative change, but I think we're doing it. I mean, yeah. we're doing the best we can, right? I mean, at this point, we've got our team members that are living year there. We've got Arkansas. We've got <laughs> Italy and Georgia. We're yeah. kind of all spread all over. And so we've learned to do that together. Yeah. And- I mean, fun fact, I didn't get to meet the team, like most of the team. A lot of, like, I'm, I remember meeting Miranda at the staff retreat and I was like, you are a lot taller than I thought on camera. Just like little yeah. moments like that, that you get to put together when you finally get to yeah. sit face to face because we're virtual. It's so true. Yeah. You think you, th- you, you try to imagine what a person's like is like from watching these little boxes and then you're with them and you're like, I got some of that right. But some of that was a little different than I thought. Yeah. Yes. And Ruth too. She's so tall. Yeah. You may not have known that. And I'm so little. And usually people are like, oh, I thought you were taller. No, yep. I'm pretty short. <laughs> um, so yeah, all those little pieces. But I just want to say how much I am grateful to have you on our team. But also I learned from you, TT, about just being honest with the hard questions that we have for God and for others Mm. and not holding on to those trying to, you know, sometimes people hold on to the hard questions and they, they kind of try to soldier up and they need to talk it out. And I've really learned that from you and have walked into a new level of freedom. I've walked, watching you just be so honest about, you know, I'm struggling with this. I don't understand this. And how does that work? And, um, it's such a good quality to have. And I really do think it served you well through all these navigating changes. And I would encourage everyone listening. One of the things I pick up is ask questions, be curious. Don't just hold on to all of what's going on. And it just creates more and more chaos, doesn't it? So sometimes when we let community and vulnerability into those places, we don't understand something lifts, something shifts. Yeah. Do you think? Oh, 100%. And I also just think utilize your community, right? Like I'm new to marriage. Great. There's people, so many people around me who have been married 10, 15 plus years. Seek Mm -hmm. wisdom. Like it's so important. It is so, so, so important. Hmm. 
It's good. That's it's just right on. And it's really sometimes that simple. Yeah. It's just that that simple. God has given so, us all resources. <laughs> yeah, he has. So our time is closing, but I want to leave you with this. What is one thing you would say to the Freedom Sisters about navigating dynamic change in their worlds? What What do you have? Like one little nugget of truth based on all you just said. Summarize it up and spit it back out to us so we can go, all right, I got that. Okay. I have three quick nuggets. I know you said one, but I have three. They're quick. Go for it. Um, one, <laughs> seek out community. Do not yes. go through change alone. It will become so overwhelming if you try to do it alone. Make sure you are grounded in community. Trust the people around you. Open up to somebody. Share what is going on. Two, trust the Lord. His word is His word is real. It is true. It is tried and tested, and He is faithful. Um, and He wouldn't ask you to do something that He's not going to meet you in the middle. Um, and three, have fun in the midst of transition because mm. tr- the thing about transition is it is not permanent. It is a transition. Mm. It is from one point to the next point. And so that middle in between, see the goodness of God in the midst of it, even if it is mm. gut-wrenchingly painful, if you are grieving, whatever it is, and journal in the midst of it. So you can go back and look back at what the Lord has brought you through. It's Transition is hard, but it can be beautiful, especially once you get to the other end and you can look back and see who you were and how you are now. Well stated. I appreciate you, my friend. Isn't TT awesome, everyone? I'm so glad you got to meet her. And I invite you and welcome you into the challenges in 2022. And this is for you too, Miss Titi. She's got her first challenge that's going to be coming on the docket this year. (laughs) And um, I'll give you all a little secret and a hint. Titi is much like me. She's a little bit more into the mission than the actual um, hiking, camping, and all of that. I mean, I think all of you know who listen know that I would prefer my heels and my fashion over my hiking boots. Amen. But I have found God on those trails and he meets me every time. So Titi, you're coming on something this year. And for the rest of you, I want to encourage you to check out the website. We're, we're putting up new events for 2022. Um, even as we speak, the next couple of months, we'll have lots of activity, lots of things to regional challenges the Israel Jesus Walk Challenge that's now just been repositioned in June, and of course, the 10-year anniversary of Kilimanjaro. So check it out. And thank you for joining me today, everyone. And until next time, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children do more than you ever thought physically possible. Kilimanjaro, all of you ladies, and do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.